This is The World in Brief from The Economist. Our top stories. China began its biggest ever live-fire military drills in the airspace and waters surrounding Taiwan. A day after the visit by Nancy Pelosi, the Speaker of America's House of Representatives. Taiwan said the drills violate UN rules and called it irresponsible, illegitimate behaviour. Earlier, several Taiwanese government websites were attacked by hackers. China claims the self-governing island as its own. America's Senate and Italy's Parliament approved the accession of Finland and Sweden to NATO. Both countries applied for membership to the alliance following Russia's invasion of Ukraine. Full membership requires approval from all 30 of NATO's members. Seven, including sceptical Turkey, have yet to ratify the move. Glencore, a minerals and metals giant, announced profits for the first half of 2022 more than doubling to a record $18.9 billion. The miner has cashed in on its bid to stick with its coal business, which others have retreated from in recent years, as the fossil fuels price has surged following the war in Ukraine. Ukraine warned that Russia had started a new offensive, aimed at the central Ukrainian city of Kriviri, which lies about 50 kilometres from the southern front line and is the hometown of the country's president, Volodymyr Zelensky. Earlier, Mr. Zelensky urged Xi Jinping, his Chinese counterpart, to hold direct talks with him. China has refused to condemn Russia's invasion of Ukraine and ignored requests to engage with the Ukrainian government's top brass. SoftBank, a Japanese investment group, raised as much as $22 billion this year by selling a third of its shares in Alibaba, a Chinese e-commerce giant, on deferred contracts. According to the Financial Times, it has now reduced its stake in Alibaba overall by more than half, although it retains the option to buy the shares back. SoftBank has been scrambling for cash recently as tech stocks have slumped. Parts of the Great Barrier Reef in Australia have the highest level of coral cover in 36 years, according to a long-term monitoring programme. In about two-thirds of the reef, coral cover exceeded more than 30% the level considered healthy. But scientists warned that the reef remains vulnerable to both man-made threats, such as bleaching, and natural ones, like infestations of crown-of-thorns starfish. Eleven professional golfers sued the PGA Tour, alleging the organisation violated American antitrust law when it suspended them from its tournaments after they joined a rival circuit financed by Saudi Arabia. The lawsuit, filed in federal court in California, contends that the PGA sought to crush nascent competition before it threatens its monopoly. Last month, the Department of Justice launched its own probe into the PGA. And fact of the day. 62,000. The number of Cubans estimated to have died as a result of the COVID-19 pandemic. Seven times more than the official toll. And now, here's a deeper look at the day ahead. Russia's faltering invasion. Russia's invasion of Ukraine seems to be running out of steam. Richard Moore, the chief of MI6, Britain's overseas intelligence service, said as much last week. Russian attacks in Donetsk and Ukraine's east have been half-hearted, 
A belt of Ukrainian defenses shielding the cities of Slavyansk and Kramatorsk is holding firm. Instead, much of the action is now in the south of the country, where Ukraine is ramping up counterattacks towards a city in Kherson. Artillery duels are intense, and Russia is conducting more airstrikes. Ukraine hopes to leverage its advantage in longer-range weapons. On Monday, it received four more American HIMARS and three similar European rocket launchers. Yet pushing Russia out of Kherson province will be hard. Russia is reported to have moved 10 of its scarce battalion-sized tactical groups to reinforce the area, virtually doubling its presence. As the war has shown, the defense tends to have the upper hand, whether it is Russian or Ukrainian. Lufthansa's Unsteady Takeoff Lufthansa demonstrated an impressive rebound for full-service airlines in Europe when it reported results for the second quarter on Thursday. Travelers are returning to the air with a vengeance after pandemic lockdowns. The airline posted a profit before interest and taxes of 393 million euros, 399 million dollars, with revenues of 8.5 billion euros compared with a loss in the same period last year of 827 million euros. There are bright lights elsewhere, too. IAG, owner of British Airways, recently announced its first quarterly profit since the start of the pandemic, as did Air France KLM. Yet, amid the surge in demand for summer travel, staff shortages have caused travel chaos and forced airports to ask carriers to cut schedules. Soaring inflation has led to higher wage demands and threats to walk out. Lufthansa's ground staff have already gone on strike, and this week its pilots overwhelmingly voted for industrial action. Adding a looming recession and the resurgence in travel might yet be grounded. Conservatives flood into Dallas for CPAC. On Thursday, thousands of people will head to Dallas, Texas for the Conservative Political Action Conference. Claiming to be the most influential gathering of conservatives in the world, CPAC offers the stage to the American and international right, including Viktor Orban, the populist prime minister of Hungary, who will speak on Thursday. There are two things to watch. First is the role of Donald Trump. In his speech, the former president may offer clues about whether he intends to run again in 2024. Most other speakers at CPAC are Trump loyalists. Then there are the policies. With Roe v. Wade overturned, many conservatives feel the wind is at their back to promote other goals, such as giving parents more rights over curricula. Conservatives may have suffered a setback in Kansas, yet that will only fire up the governors of Texas, Mississippi, and Oklahoma who will address the conference, as will pretty much everyone with dreams of rising on the right. Britain pulls the monetary lever. The time has come for the Bank of England to decide whether to raise interest rates. As its Monetary Policy Committee meets on Thursday, investors expect an increase of 0.5 percentage points, which would be the biggest move in 27 years. An unusually aggressive raise could attempt to tame homegrown inflationary pressure, although Britain's annual inflation rate of 9.4% in June was mostly the result of external shocks, principally global energy prices, domestic pressures, such as wage growth, played a role too. But the policymakers also fear kicking the economy when it is weakening, so could restrict themselves to a 0.25 percentage point rise. Such a move may also signal hope that domestic inflation could slow on its own. 
Britain's labor market is no longer tightening. Retailers are hesitating before passing on cost increases to customers. Energy prices could rise by an eye-popping 70% this autumn, draining wallets and dampening activity. The bank must walk a difficult tightrope. A homecoming for the Elgin Marbles? Greece and Britain have each laid claims to the Parthenon, or Elgin Marbles, for over 200 years. The Greeks say the sculptures were looted from the Parthenon, the ancient temple on the Acropolis in Athens. Britain says Greece's erstwhile Ottoman overlords approved the removal of the frieze. As other European museums have started returning colonial-era treasures, the British Museum has stood out in its refusal. Until now. This week, it proposed a Parthenon partnership to loan the sculptures to Greece. Greece has not yet responded to the suggestion, perhaps because it could imply a tacit acceptance of British ownership. But in January, it adopted a similar arrangement to display a Parthenon fragment from a Sicilian museum, a loan that paved the way for a permanent handover. A YouGov poll in November found that 59% of Britons favor the return of the marbles to Greece. Alternative solutions include dividing the sculptures or, more fancifully, using robots to carve replicas for Britain to keep. Whatever the final deal, a homecoming for the marbles looks closer than ever. Daily Quiz Our baristas will serve you a new question each day this week. On Friday, your challenge is to give us all five answers and, as important, tell us the connecting theme. Email your responses and include mention of your home city and country by 1700 BST on Friday to quizespresso at economist.com. We'll pick randomly from those with the right answers and crown one winner per continent on Saturday. Thursday. Which Japanese camera film company was established in 1934? Wednesday. Which member of the Grimaldi family did Grace Kelly marry? Finally, here's the quote of the day from Louis Armstrong, who was born on this day in 1901. My ego only needs a good rhythm section. That's the World in Brief from The Economist, available three times every day of the week. You can also hear interviews and analysis from our journalists, including our current affairs podcast, The Intelligence, on your podcast app. And subscribers to The Economist have access to each week's full edition and audio. Just download The Economist app to start listening.